the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my manners. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and say so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm your host, Brandon, alongside Ed. Hey. <laughs> I am wore the fuck out today. Yeah, I took a nap earlier and I shouldn't have, or maybe I took too long of a nap and that just fucking, yeah, I mean. I, I worked all day and then came home and worked up until just an hour ago putting that sky fort together. I'm almost done. It's <laughs> been two weeks. <laughs> No, I didn't even. It's been about a week. Oh, a few days it rained. Yesterday was fucking oh, cold. Oh yeah, yeah. That the so. weather has been like shit, and yeah. then just I was feeling in a good mood, and now it's like bleh. I think tomorrow's <laughs> supposed to be fairly warm, and I think Thursday's back up to almost eighty. Then you look at Friday and Saturday, and it's back down to like fucking forties. What the fuck, man? Whatever. Fuck this weather. I don't know. I told you it's a conspiracy theory about the weather something's fucking with us Anyways. if you want to hear more about a conspiracy theory check out Ten Foil tales <laughs> ed and i talk about weather control on that one yeah and uh something out of my control um i uh recently noticed a certain individual promoter i won't name names obviously seemed like a few other people in another town has caught up with him realizing that well first of all they a person working for this individual messaged us and asked if my band wanted to play a show somewhere and they gave us the whole pay to play spiel mind you like they were basically put in three hundred dollars and we try to sell tickets for fifteen dollars a piece and this is only for a local show I don't know too many people that play fucking fifteen dollars for a fucking local show showcase. Like, if it's why, somebody, why bigger, would you sell tickets for a local show? Anyway? I don't know. That that's that's the whole thing about that person. Like, what the fuck? And yeah, a lot of people were always commenting like because that individual is from somewhere else. So they're like, yeah, he did that here. Like, well, what the fuck's he? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean. I... I don't understand why, you know, promoters do that shit. I do not get it. Like, do you realize you're being foolish? I can like, see two sides of it. Right. Like, as someone that books shows and has to spend your own money out of pocket for a venue. Right. I understand they want to cover their own ass in the sense of they don't want to 
book bands and then the bands don't draw a crowd so they're out a few hundred mm-hmm. dollars to do a show but at the same time if you're not financially stable to eat some costs then why are you trying to book shows like I don't know maybe where's See, all the like, money go from the pre-sale tickets if it's not going to the bands like I've played well this is Fort Wayne I've played in this Fort Wayne place and like we didn't need a person like that so I don't know why suddenly they leak into the their town and start promoting shows or I should say like putting shows together at like making the band sell tickets at $15 a piece so they can make a little money off of them like what the fuck man I think promoters like that are what's a cancer to the scene in general well I don't understand why they don't understand they're why they're a cancer to the scene like like that's not cool man I don't understand where do you get off doing that kind of shit that's warped a little bit there was a, a guy down here back in 20 2009 2010 hmm. maybe 2008 I don't, it was in that era the dude was a nice guy and <laughs> he doesn't speak to me anymore there's shit that went down i didn't really have anything to do with it but people that i was in a band with and other bands around here started not liking him and talking crap about the shows he was doing because he was doing pre-sales and I said that I'm not doing pre-sales because I think it's stupid to do pre-sales for local shows. And like I said, I don't, it, I have brain damage at this point, so I don't fucking know. I don't remember exact details on a lot of things back in those days, but I do know that, uh, a lot of people stopped going to the shows and he stopped booking shows, but he was charging like, seven to ten dollars for pre-sale tickets and like you're not getting people to come to those shows in general you're really not going to get it when you're charging bands for tickets right to play your show so bands right. stop playing your shows because <clears throat> no one comes to them anyways because the bands can't draw no one wants to come because most people don't like the promoter because they know his name now and everyone talks so much crap about him that they all don't go to his shows in general and it's like it's <clears throat> To catch twenty two, what do you do? Not play the shows. <laughs> yeah. Like that that's part of the reason I think a lot of the scene died off in those era too, is because there were shows all the time and people just got burnt out. Like you can only see the same five fucking bands over and over and over to where it's not a big deal anymore. Right. And a lot of bands don't understand that. They're like, Oh, we gotta play our hometown, I gotta play our hometown, I gotta play our hometown. And then you just become so burnt out that no one cares that you're playing your hometown because you just played there last week. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Promoters, yeah. if you're out there listening, don't sell the tickets. And I understand it in a sense if you're selling the tickets for like a bigger national act. Right. And you're, and you're letting some of that money go to the bands. But if you're wanting all that money back or making bands pay up front, or if it's just a straight-up local band show, don't do tickets. That's a douche move. Yep. (laughs) Bands don't fall for that trap either. It's not worth it. No one cares about the local showcase. You're going to play to mostly other band members, and at the same time, it's like you could have played the same exact show without investing your own money into it. Right. (laughs) 
But yeah, anyone out there listening, if you want to be on Dark Side of the Scene, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com. He'll get you scheduled on a future episode. Bear with us. We do have a waiting period. Not that we're super cool and popular or anything like that. (laughs) Well, but we are. A lot of people just want to come talk to us. I just can't really understand why, but hey, (laughs) whatever. It's therapeutic. But yeah, we got someone waiting to come on here and talk to us. So hang tight and we'll be back in a second. I'd like to take the time to welcome our guest tonight, Rich. Rich, thanks for coming out and talking to Ed and I. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Sweet. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad you didn't turn your camera on prior because I want to play this game as to... Because most of the time I don't do any research about who we're interviewing or what they look like. So <laughs> I am trying to base myself, base how you look by uh. your voice. And I'm like, as soon as we get through the interview, I'm going to try to guess what you look like without even knowing what you look like. Because I do not know what you look like. I'm going to probably play this game with a lot okay. of the, the guests. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Sounds fun. So, so are you going to turn, do you want to turn the camera on at the no, end? No, no, don't. No, no, no. We'll leave Nothing. it. We'll leave it as if, whatever I guess you could say yes or no. But well, I'll uh, it'll be, keep. Yeah. It'll be forever <laughs> a mystery. It'll for, yeah, for now. Okay. <laughs> so where are you from, Rich? Richie. 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 I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, and I grew up in a little town. Uh, well, it, it's a city now just outside of Edmonton called St. Albert. Mm-hmm. And then when I finished school, I went to university in Edmonton and spent 30 years living in rural Alberta. Mm. And... Um, Along the way, I ended up, when I went to university, I took an education degree and I was a music major and a math minor. So in those days, my hope was to graduate from university and go teach in the school band program. So uh, that's what I did. I taught um, school band from grade seven to grade 12. And then along the way, uh, school band programs here have sort of faded out due to the their expensive programs to run and um uh, as you know nowadays the ability for people to obtain music or make their own music is a lot easier than it was 30 years ago so um that's sort of my educated background along the way because of course i was interested in music I would find buddies who wanted to jam and it's the old cliche. You jam in someone's basement or you jam in someone's garage. And in those days you just sort of look for gigs. What's your so, primary, what's your primary instrument or whatever? The, 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 in, the primary instrument that I played in the bands was bass guitar. Nice. Uh, when I went through school, I played alto saxophone And then eventually I ended up playing in in a cover band where I alternated between bass guitar, saxophone, and trumpet, believe it or not. So if we played any of the the old R&B stuff, Mustang Sally, things like that, I would either play. Uh No, no, we didn't get into any Chicago. Oh. But um, 
yeah, like the bands with the horn sections, I would play either trumpet or alto and it was a perfect mix. I loved it. I loved playing bass because um, I was never smart enough or disciplined enough to play a guitar. So, um, Hey, you're very important. Like I said many times on this podcast that we need more bass players, you know, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems, it seems like bass players are the ones who, as I said, tried playing guitar but couldn't really pull it off. So they went to bass. It's not too often where he, and I should ask the two of you, if you've heard of this, where someone, where a guest goes from bass to the opposite and just flourishes on guitar. Mm. I, I don't can't know. think of anything. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I, that answers the question then. Eh? <laughs> I have a buddy that plays bass predominantly and now he's dabbling with guitar, but most of the ah. bass players that I've been in bands with were, just guitar players at one point that we said, Hey, we need a bass player. You want to play bass? <laughs> yeah. Sure. And then they all uh, grab a pick and they play bass with a pick, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't do the finger thing. is just like something that they don't develop. Well, not out of the gate, you know, I, I right. think it if does, they played yeah. guitar, it's more natural for them to have a pick. Yeah. Yo, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, there are some songs and some, fabulous Canadian bassists. And I, th I think I can use his name because I'm not saying anything um, disrespectful. It would be uh, Getty Lee from the band Rush. Mm, yeah. Uh, just an absolutely incredible bassist. You know and... him? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not that, that close up there. We're not that close. Okay, no, just, no. Okay. I don't think I could send him a text. Okay. Just make sure. But yeah, when you hear a good bassist, it's um, or maybe it's just me being a bassist, listening for the bass as the way drummers probably listen to drums. Yeah. But a, a good bassist will just just blows my mind. I've uh, I've seen Iron Maiden uh, probably fourteen or fifteen times in concert, and I can't take my eyes off of Steve Harris, um, just lightning fast fingers that right, and he's still like got it. It's not like he's slowed down at this age, you know. They haven't he's, slowed down at still, all. He's still crazy on stage, you know, like good for him, you know. They're in their 60s. Right. And they're just getting stronger and solid. And yeah, it's just fantastic to watch that. Yeah. So uh played in cover bands. And so from 19, especially in the 90s. When we played in cover bands up here, you would get the odd bar gig. There weren't casinos yet. So the casino venue seems to have taken off a little bit here. Uh, in those days, there weren't casinos. So being in rural Alberta, most of our gigs would be at halls. It was the old fashioned um, small town Saturday night hall dance, or we would play at weddings and halls and um holidays boxing day new year's eve those were those were big gig days mm. and so some of the stories of course would be <laughs> try, trying to playing new year's eve we played new year's eve in this town at a hall and it was our temperature was minus 35 which is close to 40 below and at 40 below that's where Fahrenheit and Celsius meet. So you can imagine how cold that would be. That's gross. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and as you're packing equipment into the hall, and and again, I go back to in those days, there wasn't the type of technology we have. You 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 couldn't go around the room with an iPad and adjust levels or balance or anything like that. It was the old <laughs> fashioned, you know. You bring an app to power the monitors and you've got another app to power your system. And so you're just trying to lug this equipment in that we packed in trucks or a van. And it's, uh, everything was cold. Like you just could not warm up. Between sets, I remember that night because between sets, we'd have to run out and start our vehicles <laughs> so that at the end of the night when we were finished, you could actually get in the vehicle and drive home. Otherwise it would just freeze up and, and that was it. So trapped there. <laughs> you'd be trapped. Yeah. Trapped with your gear. Yep. Trapped with the gear, wondering why mm. nothing works, wondering why the cords have uh, broken in half because they're so frozen solid. Jeez. So yeah, we would, uh, we had moments like that on the flip side. Our summers here can be beautiful. We get a lot of daylight. So those types of summer gigs were fun, but oh, I we played in in gigs that would include uh, opening up for we opened up for a Canadian country band to playing on um, a flatbed truck in a parade. So mm. it was kind of a band where we grabbed any gig we could because we realized. At the time, we all had other jobs too. So it was a perfect hobby band. And um, yeah, and in, in in those days, bands could get more gigs like that. Um, one of the things that I've seen, seen too, probably, and I would say, especially in the last 10 years, is that not only have, you know, DJs sort of or took over where bands where bands left off because DJs could haul a lot less gear and they were cheaper than bands. Hmm. But DJs have even started to fade out because you can, you can run a pretty neat show with a computer, with a laptop or a smartphone. Yeah. You know, techno technology is just, has just changed the whole face of, of the music industry. Do you think it cheapened it in a way? Oh, I would say so. Mm. Um, on on one hand, the beauty the, the beauty of music now is that it's at your fingertips, right? Like if you would have told me in the early 80s when I was taking the bus to the shopping center to buy a cassette tape, if you'd have said to me, you know what, uh, when you get older, you'll have a device and you can pull up basically any song by any artist and you can listen to it. I would have thought... No, that is just, that is too Star Trek-y for me. I, I just right. don't believe that will happen. So the beauty of technology is the accessibility that everybody has to music. Um, but sort of tailing back to what you're saying, in when when you had to work hard to be in a cover band that played in these little halls just because you wanted to sort of maintain your hobby and your love for music, I, I don't... I don't think that same discipline's there anymore. Or is that, or do you think I'm overanalyzing the whole thing? Mm. Well, I mean, well, it depends. Like most people, well, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know why that's a hard question for me to answer. <laughs> I'd, um, I mean, I mean, I guess got YouTube, you know, you got YouTube and everything. So yep. some people don't yep. ever leave the house to watch the show, but then YouTube is ah. really good for people who want to learn something as far as an instrument goes. And it's like, I guess it's a necessary evil. I guess. I don't know. Like YouTube's that's a good way good, of putting but, it. Yeah. It makes it easier and more accessible for everyone to do things and like learn how to do things without having to go out and do anything. So it's almost a, like a double-edged sword. Like you have all the access to the world right in front of you, but you no longer have to go out into the world to do the things, to learn these things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's beneficial for an individual, but it takes away interaction with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, and because we got these young people learning the instrument, but they're not even in a band, so I'm sure they pee themselves if they got in front of an audience versus just playing for a bunch of likes and followers and subscribers. So that's a really good way of putting it because even right. even 20, 30 years ago, when I was playing <laughs> playing bass in a hall with. I don't know. There were times when there would be maybe a hundred people at a dance because it just, it either wasn't promoted or it was too cold or, you know. Um, but even if you're just playing in front of a few people who enjoy music, there's sort of this allure of the stage that makes you forget that you're in a little hall in the middle of nowhere playing in front of a handful of people. I can't count the number of times. Yeah. I felt like a just a rock star. And right. that's that's something playing live in front of an audience is the only way you can get that feeling. So true. If I recorded myself <laughs> playing bass and put it on YouTube, it would be interesting to see how many likes there are. But while I was playing bass, I just wouldn't have that same feeling about um playing in front of people and especially when you're in a band there's here's the thing with with music and bands and this is what i love about music is there are so many things we can do in our lives where for instance uh hmm, i'm canadian i let's say i play i'm gonna go play hockey i take 10 shots on the goalie i score nine times nine out of ten 90 percent that's fantastic. Could you imagine how awful something would sound if a band got up to play a song and the members in that band only played 90% of their notes correctly? <laughs> like music is one of those things that, that literally has to be, if it's not perfect, people notice. Right. If you sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to someone and you get one note wrong, they'll raise an eyebrow. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's just my passion and my love for music. I probably went on a tangent there, didn't I? No, I mean, you got to put almost like 95 to 100 percent to it. I mean, every especially if people know the song. Oh, be, yeah. You can't be screwing that up. Now, I was going to say, like, so is it really stereotypical that all Canadians like cocky? <laughs> Um, I think that's probably the truth. <laughs> so what, a, what about, this is another one. 
Oh, the most the most Canadians can already play like technical death metal right out of the womb. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no, you got a lot no. of bands up there from there, and I'm trying to understand why that is. <laughs> well, we 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 do. They're all have... phenomenal too. Right. Yeah, we have quite a range of of well Canadians who have become international superstars and. Uh, Shania Twain and Celine Dion certainly aren't death metal artists unless they've been hiding something from me. Actually, that reminds me, like, you said, like, there's, like, Canadian country up there. It's like, what do they have to sing about aside from Shania Twain? See, like, you could have fooled me because I thought she was down here, but no, she's up there, but, you know, like... Shania. I feel like, no, I mean, I feel like, like the whole country thing is about being down south and, you know, and on the farm. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe oh, yeah. of Texas. Yep. Texas. No, you're right. And, and, yeah. and this, the country songs up here are very similar. It's the very, you know, it's sort of, you get the heartbreak stories, you get the, uh, drank too much stories. Uh, but I still love you. Like it's, yep. Uh, country's country. I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. Been... It, yeah. It does. I guess it doesn't matter as long as it's got the same kind of feel, you know? <laughs> it, well, and, and uh, I'm trying to think of some Canadian metal artists. Uh, Canada has pumped out some, some, some pretty good international. Isn't it like intervals from like close to your area, Alberta? Is what close to Alberta? Sorry, a, 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 the band Intervals. I have not. He's like heard a of that band. It's a guitarist named Aaron Marshall. He's got an instrumental metal thing going, and he's like really, really good. I'll have to check that Can out. It, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you like it. It's very, very proggy, you know, like instrumental music. What type of band could you uh, compare them to? Would they be like a dream theater? or um, um, Kind of like that. I'm trying to think of like around the Steve Vai, Satriani kind of uh, thing going on. Gotcha. Yeah, but hmm. Speaking of guitarists, but not metal, did sure. either one of you ever get the chance to see Van Halen in concert? I've never, and I feel like an asshole for not ever. <laughs> no, I've neither I've never, one. Eh? I've never really been a big fan. I'm. I was born in '84, so my genre of music <laughs> well, is your album. <laughs> yeah, my genre favorites of whatever. I grew up on the grungy. Uh, grunge era into new metal into what I listen to today. So, okay. So I, I missed out on the whole yeah. Van Halen style. Uh, I see. Yeah. You would be a little young. So I would be, I was born in 70. So I was a little too young to enjoy uh, the seventies rock. But of course, being a teenager in the eighties around the time that you were born, um, that's when that, well, MTV, the hair metal, the mm-hmm. that's when that really took off, right? Yep. I got to see I got to see Van Halen once. I think it was eleven years ago. The last time they were, hmm, I think the last time they toured, and they, they it was the it was the version with Alex and Eddie, and then Wolfgang was playing bass, and David Lee Roth was singing with him. Yeah. So, um, well, they did the hits, but being able to see a guitarist (laughs) 
being able to see a guitarist like that live is something I'll never forget. Like there's someone as far as I was concerned, who not only created a style, but he was another one of these people who just never seemed to hit a wrong note. He always knew what he was going to do before he played it. And he made it sound brilliant. And I enjoyed the whole thing. Um, David Lee Roth, I think he would be a bit of a interesting character to be in a band with. <laughs> right. So I've got a funny story about David Lee Roth. <laughs> uh, it's not funny, but it's small Quirky? world. It's small world funny in a sense. Like, okay. And I don't know how, I don't see why that would be a lie, but I don't really know. My ex-wife, her mother, supposedly, and she had said this too, used to date David Lee Roth before he was David Lee Roth. Like they weren't famous at the time. Really? Yeah. So they all, I was like, at, when they mentioned, I was like, I heard the name. I couldn't think of who they were. It's like, now I he's see. from like Van Halen or whatever. I was like, oh, I know Van Halen. I was like, I don't, I recognize the name David Lee yeah. Roth, but no, apparently she was originally from California and I guess that's where they're from. And they used to date before he was like, before Van Halen was Van Halen. So, wow. I thought that was a huh. kind of strange. Yeah, She's probably not making that up. Yeah, it's just one of those random things to say if it wasn't true. I don't know, but why would you make that up? It's not like anything's you're not famous for it. I'm sure he's uh, dated quite a few ladies these days. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would it be almost, my guess as well. <laughs> it almost it's almost falling off. No, <laughs> no. But back to the Halen thing. No, like I never got to see him and like I listen to like other podcasts that just like worship him and they just talk about all his gear and it's like man you know like i was a young kid when that jump video came out and it's like yep. he's all happy and it's like that dude's smiling all the time like he likes what he does that'd be great to do i mean i don't always smile but i enjoy i i get what he brought to the table all the crazy acrobats on guitar and how to just make an impact with your instrument you know it's like the showmanship you know it was, it, he had it all basically and it was yeah. just like a sh it's kind of crazy that he died like not too long ago. And Didn't like, he oh, make the 5150? Uh, yep. Like the that's, amp? Yeah, like isn't that yeah. like inspired from him? Like the, yeah, whole, they, like they, the holy they grail just, of metal and amps. They, yeah, and it's still out. It's still huge. They came out with another one this year like because of that dude. It's like shit. And his son like owns the rights to the amp company right now. So they can't do anything unless he approves. And it's like crazy to think like his son's like really famous too. You know, like, I saw his son. Uh, do you remember when they had the Foo Fighters tribute? They had one in London and I think one in L.A. And they it was the tribute to uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. Mm. And they had um, all of the Foo Fighters friends did a concert in London. And then all of the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl's friends did a, a concert in Los Angeles. And Wolfgang, Eddie's son, came out and he played... Uh, he played guitar, not bass, and he did uh, Hot for Teacher, and he just nailed it. It was That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you think, well, he probably had a little bit of natural ability when he was born, hey? <laughs> I'm sure. Being able to play. Uh, uh, I think Wolfgang could probably do that. 
yeah. could play guitar fairly well too, eh? I'm pretty sure. Like his, he learned a few things from his dad. I'm pretty sure. Well, again, it's crazy <laughs> yeah. that he's like dead. So, like, that's kind of wild. Just uh, it started him. his tongue cancer, I believe. Hey, yeah, because he was a heavy, heavy, heavy smoker. Um, yeah, and then he just kind of disappeared. It was one of those celebrity passings that was really quite quiet until uh, until you found out about it, right? Right. And we seem to have lost a whole bunch of famous musicians. Like uh, well, Prince was a big surprise to people. David Bowie. Um, yeah, like uh, Tom Petty. People just Tom kind of ran, Petty. Kind of, yeah, people just randomly die. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and these are these are legends, dude right? From the like, dude from ACDC and like uh, that was apparently that was a sad one. Hey, he uh, he ended up in a home. And I think mm. like dementia, Alzheimer's type thing, but huh. uh, ACDC's uh, picked up again and they're, I think they're, I know they're playing a gig next fall in near Palm Springs. Palm mm. Springs is pretty much, you know, it's a ways away, but it's south of me. And it looks like, it looks like quite a lineup. It's one of these fest three day festival things and uh, Guns N' Roses, Maiden, ACDC, Metallica. Mm. It's uh it looks like it's gonna be quite the festival. And I'm a concert junkie. I love to go <laughs> to concerts yeah. just to pretend that I can um <laughs> well play bass or drums. Now, like but yeah, I've never seen Guns N' Roses and I won't now because it, she just sounds like Mickey Mouse. So I I, I guess I kind of wish I'd seen them in their heyday. That would have been awesome. And now I just oh. They're like Guns N' Roses and a few other people that aren't are the original. I don't know. His voice sounds terrible. I, I was just going to say, I think sounds like he, Mickey Mouse. Oh, it's it's and he's yeah, like he doesn't and he doesn't look healthy. I'm trying to say that in a nice way. He um, <laughs> he hasn't aged well. His his voice when he did some singing for ACDC a couple years ago, he sounded better than he does singing the Guns N' Roses stuff. eh? Maybe that works better because I don't know. It's just a higher register. <laughs> well, and I think the I think the other thing with with uh, with him is that he had he's got such a distinctive voice that it it was it's probably not a huge surprise that as he ages that kind of a voice just falls apart. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a well, very unique sounding voice. Well, I guess if you take care of yourself better, because like, yeah. um, uh, what's his face? Judas Priest guy. Shit. Uh, Rob Halford. He could still sing. He's fantastic. So he must have took better care of his voice than Axel did, I'm sure. So I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of that, you know, is that he didn't take care of his voice. I always heard that Axel Rose was actually from my Lafayette. area. Yeah, Lafayette. Lafayette. Not yeah, too far I from I guess here. that's really him and the original guitar the guitarists they're from there i guess really yeah um yeah i always heard i'm only about name? 50 miles from lafayette and I, oh, okay they're like that's where axel rose is from i was like that's what i said yeah that's what i said when i got to that that venue or that dude's house i go where's axel's house at and he's like huh gonna do a drive-by eh? right yeah <laughs> There it is. Let's take a picture and go to the gig. Izzy Stradlin. Yeah, that guy was also from Lafayette also. Oh, neat. Yeah, so the original guitarist, other guitarist. 
Anyways. Do uh what do the two of you think of Slash and his guitar? Uh well, I would he's him and I would blame a lot of him for me starting. Uh, I'm still a fan, you know. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's everywhere. It's weird to see him like him older. It's like he's still got the same outfit, but with like a double yep. chin. It's like <laughs> it's like watching Jabba the Hutt with like a wig. Have you ever seen him without glasses on? I don't nope. remember what he looks like anymore. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him where he hasn't had sunglasses on. I think you're right. He's one of those sunglasses and a bunch of piercings. I don't know what he looks like without his sunglasses. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, but he like... went to high school with Lenny Kravitz. Hmm. Lenny That's Kravitz is somewhere a... in California, I assume. Uh huh. He's from yep. like California. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Lenny Kravitz's um, daughter is an actress. Yes. She was in the newest Batman movie. Yeah. And oh, she his... was Catwoman. Yeah. Oh, that was. Oh, shit. I didn't know that was, she was related. Huh. Yeah. It's his daughter. And his wife, his ex wife was Lisa Bonet. She was on uh, the Cosby show. Yeah. She had a mean face. Like, she was like pissed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I saw Lenny Kravitz uh, open up for the cult one time up here. It was another cold, cold night, but that was a cool concert to see because, um, you know, different musical styles, but um, you could tell that they liked each other. It was one of those things where the singer of the cult, Ian Asprey, came out and thanked Lenny, and it was it was pretty neat to see... Um, Lenny had a great band too. He had a blind keyboard player who uh, who knew his way around the keyboard, and then uh, yeah, and then the cult came out and did their <laughs> they did it as much of a three chord band as they are. They're a great three chord band. Hey, I'd have to listen to more of them. I only remember the one song, probably uh, "She Sells Sanctuary." That one. That's all. Yeah, I Yeah, yeah. But like, they're pretty big, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like. Behind. He had a great voice too. Yeah. yeah. So now that we've been talking, I've yeah. got one of two people that I think you look like. Uh oh. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm ready. I'm trying to picture you wear glasses. You kind of look like Bill Gates. That's my first oh. guess. <laughs> second, I think I think you're kind of right. <laughs> okay. Second guess is I think you got a buzz cut and you look like Timothy McVeigh. Uh, no, I don't have the buzz cut, but I do have glasses on right now because uh, I took my contact lenses out a couple hours ago. So, so what what do you look like? <laughs> well, I was probably way off, wasn't I? No, you're pretty how close. Do you just, how I do have, you describe yourself? I have short hair. I have short a hair. goatee. Goatee. Uh, and uh, handsome as could be. Like that, Okay, that works. Just, yeah, yeah. You gotta be, just be really honest. Yeah, I'm drop dead gorgeous and I'm ripped. <laughs> well, you got you got to be to be a bass player. We got to play bass. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're still currently playing then, Mike? I don't play in a band right now. Nope. Not in a while, or do what's that? It? Sorry. Not have you played? No, or you're not anymore? Or is that your? Not, not anymore. I haven't I haven't played for a few years. Um. I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, the notion of um, music changing and mm. and uh, venues changing and things like that. Were you, I would love to. What's were you that? Still playing, were you still playing prior to the Beast era? Or what was that? 
I missed that. You said, oh, 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 the B, yeah, oh the B boy. Stuff. Yeah. It took me a while to, to remember that there. Yeah. Um, I didn't play not, not, uh, in a band. Well, prior to the beast, I did play in a band there. Okay. That's what I mean. Okay. Um, we, the band played country, country rock, mm, your Southern country classics, of course, um when you play at the dances and the the venues we were playing at it would be oh uh, you know he be sweet home alabama sort of thing and <laughs> uh oh just all those be yeah, those old classics that uh what made you and then up? like i said we we did some r&b stuff we did um some of the like mustang sally um um some like did you see the movie the commitments where they did the um they've sort of got that whole r&b um theme throughout the whole movie it's about um it's about people who get together form a band and they rehash all these old r&b classics and we really started getting into the r&b stuff we started earlier when we started as i said we were doing the parades and things um, we stuck more to the country and then we drifted a little more into rock and R&B, but, uh, we certainly didn't play any metal, although I love metal. That's fine. No, that's okay. The show isn't just about metal. Obviously. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm so glad. What, yeah. So what, no, that's fine. So what made you quit then? Like you said, you stopped playing a band just because yeah, of the whole climate I, well, and you just got sick of the changes or. Well, I, we were just getting to the point where, and maybe it's like uh, any other band, you just start arguing about a little bit about direction. Um, a couple people wanted a new member to come in. Uh, that's great. The new member was going to be a, a rhythm guitarist and he was going to play the steel guitar, which is another fascinating instrument. And then suddenly I noticed that the new member was playing a little more bass and a little more bass and a little more bass, which was what I was supposed to be doing. So it was one of those band things where we're just, um, yeah, just not getting along anymore. Now, uh, that's been a few years ago. So I still maintain contact with some of the guys in the band and, um, you know, if if either one of you who play have played in bands and they've fallen apart, there's some hurt feelings for a while, or there's some anger for a while. And then uh, we even talked about getting together and just doing some jamming someday. And, and maybe someday we will, but um, hmm. I don't know. You just get to the point where it doesn't click anymore. Is that too cliche? No, I mean, it's almost like, a band is almost like a relationship. You're just in a relationship oh. with more people. Yep. And some people grow apart, things change, and there's always arguments, disagreements, and then sometimes you just run its course. Yeah, that's a perfect way of saying it. Yep. Yep, that's what happens. Well, look at the Eagles. The Eagles decided they would never play together again, and in 1995 went and did their Hell Freezes Over tour. And uh, apparently they called it Hell Freezes Over because that's what they said they would get together again when Hell Freezes Over. I think Guns N' Roses did the same thing, didn't they? I'm not sure. They just sort of went their own way without really saying anything. 
Well, yeah. I think you know, I think Axel and Slash got into it, and then like, I think Slash, it was Slash's fault. All he had to do was go apologize, and he never did. But <laughs> I think didn't, later on, didn't the guys in the early two thousands make an, a new band that was Guns and Roses that wasn't Guns and Roses? It was like a band without Axel. Slash the I, Snake Pit. I thought it was something uh, different. I think it was called L.A. Roses. Well, I thought it had the guy from Stone Temple Pilots as their vocalist. Oh, it's oh. a Velvet Revolver. Velvet yeah, Revolver. Yeah. And I think the singer was Scott Wyland. Wyland? 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 Stone Temple Pilots were a fantastic band. Yeah, I liked them a lot back in the day. I did too. I've been listening to them a lot lately too. I don't know why. You just go through the old catalog and go, hmm. What should I listen to today? Yeah, they had some great, great songs and a great sound. Like mm-hmm. if you if you you said you kind of got into that grunge metal stuff, mm-hmm. uh, that that Seattle scene would have included. Uh, oh, geez, bro, you're probably a big Pearl Jam fan. To be uh, honest, I wasn't a huge Pearl Jam fan, but okay. I really like Alice in Chains. Uh huh. And I like Nirvana. Yeah. And then what about well, Soundgarden? I, I like Soundgarden too. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. They had like a song called Temple of the Dog or something. Yep. Or that was the yeah, name that, of the band. I think that was the that's the what they called their band. Yeah. I think they put out an album. Uh, that's a yeah, weird Temple That's of a the weird dog. song. <laughs> yeah. Like trying to figure out what he's singing about. Very strange. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, but yeah. 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 But no, like Nirvana and Metallica were like the two bands that I was all about when I was 11, 12. And then I ended up finding out like new metal bands or whatever. Marilyn Manson and Korn and stuff like that. And that's Mm. how I've progressed into what I've become today, which I'm a metalhead. But that's... uh, I listen to all sorts of stuff, though. I, I I say I'm a metalhead, but I could literally listen to anything, and it doesn't bother yeah. me. I'm I'm still an '80s music child, aside <sighs> from being a metalhead. Like I still like a lot of the '80s songs, like a like band '80s I've, rock, '80s pop rock, or pop. Like, yeah, like I've recently discovered how amazing Level Thirty Four is, and like holy shit! Like you want a bass player, you should listen to that guy. Yeah something about you song like oh level 42 oh no, i said level 30 yeah i always get it confused yeah them that yeah oh that and yeah, that he whole... was the he was the lead singer too he would like right and he's like doing the... this crazy yeah he's doing this crazy play bass playing shit while trying to sing poppy well the thing is like that whole album that's like the happy, happiest song but the rest of it's like holy shit this whole album's advanced but like that song was the only accessible one they made almost anyway I think they had another single off that one called "Something About You." No, yeah, that was the main. That was the that was the main one. Yeah, that's the happy. Oh, "Lessons in Love." Oh, "Lessons Lessons in Love" was another song off that album. Yeah, but yeah, the the rest of no. Sorry, you were talking about his bass style. Yeah, the whole album's crazy. Like, holy shit, this supposed to be a pop band. Yeah, little things like that. You'd go back and you're like, oh, just discovering these these albums or these songs that these albums were on and saying like, it's totally different. They never played this shit on the radio. And that's the thing yeah. about like, what hmm, I don't like about classic, you know, the classic station, they play the same shit when they oh. could be playing, they could be playing something off the same 
like excuse me they could be playing the album this song they keep fucking playing over and over they could play the whole album to, to you know there could be other song like gems on those albums but they won't play the same shit i don't want to hear the goddamn the wall all the time and like <laughs> comfortably numb play the whole damn album i want to hear other things i don't get to hear if i didn't have the radio that makes sense anyway that's my rant about well there's classic cha- channels oh no i i agree there's a classic rock station here that i won't name but and and sort of the radio's kind of disappeared as well right we've, we've got all this music at our fingertips there aren't too many there's not a whole bunch of people who do the old-fashioned find an fm station no and listen I've, to it when you're driving it's either satellite radio or whatever yep. but there's a classic rock station in Edmonton, and it doesn't seem to matter when I turn it on. Don Henley, Boys of Summer, every <laughs> single time, and <laughs> and, and it's, it's it's like your experience with the wall. You think, whoa, come on, right? I'm sure there was There's other got to be other. I'm other sure song. Don Henley wrote some other song, but or some other song on the same album that you'd never heard of, like. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, like, like, let's say I'm trying to think of the Toto album. Like, I'm trying to think of which album it is. You listen to the whole thing. I don't think it's it's more of a later album. Okay. I'm trying to, the song with like, I'll be over you. Like, if you listen to that album with that hit song, that album's really good. Like, there's other songs I'd never heard of. I mean, that's the beauty of Spotify streaming. Yeah, you can listen to the whole album without having to pay for it because. You know, back in the day, you'd buy a CD and then you might get it really suck when you get a couple good songs and then the rest of them suck. And it's like there goes like fifteen dollars. Oh, that happened to me way more than once. That's why I'm saying that's why I feel like I'm I feel like I'm saving the planet by not buying plastic (laughs) and CDs because Spotify has spoiled me. I'm sorry, Spotify, even though they don't pay their artists, but whatever, you know, you mentioned that song. Do you say Boys of Summer? Yeah. Ed might remember this. Do you ever hear of a band called the Ataris? Me? Yeah. Uh, not sure why. <laughs> they were huge because they did a cover of that song back in the early 2000s. I'd have to hear it. I'd have to hear it. And they were actually from Indiana. They're from Anderson. And I remember they, were, they had like a music video on MTV all the time. There's like, because they did they got like really popular, like a one hit wonder off that remake of that song. But back in 2007, I was jamming with a band and the dude that was playing drums was also playing drums for them at that time. So it was hmm. like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm also drumming for the Atari. He's like the band that had that song on the radio. He's like, yeah. I was like, I didn't even know you guys from around here. Yeah, they were. But I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't either until he said yeah. something about it. I just, when you mentioned that, it made me Google up the Ataris, the band, and it says they're from Anderson, Indiana. I was like, holy shit, I guess they really were. Anderson, Indiana. Wow. I've never been. <laughs> it's not what worth seeing. No, it's just not. Yeah. Sorry to hijack the conversation. I don't Sorry. know. My, my ADD kicked in. That's okay. Richard, did you go away? What happened? Did we lose him? I don't know. Richard, Richard. 
Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, yeah. What happened? Sorry about that. Did you fall in the toilet? No, (laughs) no, I didn't. It just said that my mic wasn't being detected. Oh, buffering problems. I was going to say that would have been our first uh, drop-off ever if you disappeared fully oh just leave yeah <laughs> i've had enough bye like, yeah. i don't want to hear i don't want to hear this atari story i'm out of here <laughs> that's right no. if it's not about me i'm so, not staying so yeah. what are you are you doing anything musically at all then like which like since you, you yeah i should um n- not not professionally i just still right. i've got instruments at home i yeah. love playing the piano that's not um not death metal piano <laughs> no no i've got a, i have a piano at home i uh i've also taken up um as i think many bassists do the ukulele because we like things with four strings and uh so just just tinkering around with stuff right, right? piano yeah. um still play around at well, the bass a little bit but yeah. yeah i i miss being in a band yeah, like like I said, we're not a completely metal podcast. There's just we just like to hear the time, like because you were in a band at one point, and then because of all that, ah. your experiences of how like things were changing, band members, we all we a lot of band members experience the same thing, regardless of the genre. Like what you're going through, you're like, eh, I don't know, and then you kind of come out of doing music for a band. I mean, you can always rejoin. I mean, there's always like that possibility because you can always going to find somebody to jam with and well that happens too and the other thing that happens that might happen to me someday is part of the band takes off like just a couple people from the band who got along together go and start another band with some different members um you know we see that happening some of these bands that we were talking about um with uh stone temple pilots guns and roses and that that's kind of what they did, right? Right. Um, I'm not famous enough to be able to do that. Yeah, it's but... easier. It's easier for them to do whatever they want to. Like they could like <laughs> I, literally, I... they could literally take a dump on the sidewalk and they could sell like for platinum. But like as a little people, as like us, it's like a little bit harder because you always have, you know, <laughs> things that clash or people don't get along or, you know, little the little things about being in a band that can be annoying. (laughs) Well, and I think sometimes when, when musicians or singers, when, when they hit it big, I wonder if they, you know, with the agents and the handlers and the managers, and I wonder if they ever sort of lose sight of the music piece of it, whether it just becomes, whether they become sort of their own industry. Um, but I don't know. I've never had that problem. <laughs> I, well, yeah, and I never. <laughs> I, and I, I would, never become famous and rich, so this isn't an but issue. But we also don't know any of them to fully ask them that that question. Like, like you know, because some of them claim it's about the music. Correct. And, you know, and then once you get that, it's weird because once you get to that level, like people take care of you and like, yeah, you end up selling like your own kind of, you get, of your brand and you get endorsed yep. by music musical instrument companies. Yep. And you almost don't have to do anything really. Yep. Like you just make like slash if he stopped today, like he never has to worry about money. Mm-hmm. He'll always be selling the slash 
belt buckle or some bullshit. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought there's certain bands, and I don't know if it's all I'm not gonna say it's every band, but a band's very first album, like the album that made them popular. Mm. We'll just say that one. Yep. Do you ever feel like that's always the band they work so hard they get that album they release it and then everything after that one is never as good well um ah, can you hear me again i got my mic now we can hear you yeah okay good um i remember listening to um metallica talking about albums and they said it's funny that you mentioned pink floyd they said yeah that that the black album was their um their their wall it was before streaming really took off that album was still selling a million copies a year yeah most people 20 some years after most people say that that album is the the wall that broke (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) well they sell fans yeah like the diehard trash people hate that album like oh you know i I can there's there's that one big album and then they never it's like they could never live up to that standard. You know what I mean? Like it got so popular that anything comes after that, it never lives up to the hype of what that one turned into. Right. And you hear artists talk about that, right? The pressure to follow up and the pressure to make it at least as good as that one that you knocked out of the park. Right. And it's, it's, it's well, I mean, I guess unless you're going to go back to the Beatles where, they were together for 10 years. It seems like eternity, but they were together for about 10 years and wrote a couple hundred songs that were so good that they could be singles. And unless you're going to be that magical, I just don't know whether you can keep cranking out a, a sort of a greatest hits and a greatest hits and a greatest hits and a greatest hits. Like, there are those odd bands that for whatever reason um the stars aligned and they could do more than one incredible album but especially in this day and age where we're not living in an album era anymore right it's you sit down with your laptop and you try to pump out a single because you can make some money from streaming you can make some money i think from the merchandise you sell when you're touring, but nobody sells albums anymore. No. And like, I'm like most people, I'm old school. I like the full album. Like I wish my band could do that, but we don't have the funds to do that, but I like a full album, you know, just. just Well, it's like a book, right? It's, it's, it's an art form. Yep. And back to like, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask you about your band. If you, did you ever, uh, you must have some demos or something, hey? Uh, a couple EPs, yeah. That's about it so far. <laughs> did you go into a studio or? Uh, did yeah. You do them in a home studio. Well, now that back to like the beast era, like now that I can make decent demos at home, nice. I just have those, and then I show them to the band, and then we kind of learn from that and kind of make the song better than what I recorded. But I, that's the pre-pro. And then we try to get it down. Well, what we'll, what we'll do is we'll play the song live, see if it sounds good. 
nice and go into the studio like a, somebody else to record because i kind of like input from somebody else who doesn't and then yeah yeah record it and then release it like we were just released an ep not too long ago so nice yeah it's all right <laughs> but like the whole like the whole and it's fun to see like something that you know started in my shitty computer in my underwear to like on streaming and then we made a video for it. it's like it's a kind of cool to like that i mean it never got yeah. us any i mean i'm not it didn't get me paid or nothing i mean it costs yeah. us money but like i don't care about that i mean it would be nice but it's just cool to see your idea from your underwear to somebody's headphones <laughs> yeah yeah you made money if the video had been in just you guys underwear just saying I was <laughs> you know what that might be you know what? i'm gonna do that next time we're gonna just, like our our singer dan was like no let's not let's not make a funny video this time i'm like why he's like no let's be serious i'm like well see if we would have been in our underwear we probably got like a million views in a week oh, well. <laughs> but no back underwear to the, with headphones yeah yeah no back to what you're saying about like how the band reached their how any band reaches their pinnacle like i like mm. seeing when the band is small mm -hmm. young and like the first couple albums kind of suck because they're trying to find their sound uh -huh. and then like they progress and they progress and it's almost like you're not like you're not fit you know setting yourself up to be disappointed because of the of whatever album you're just waiting for the next progression of the band like you know i can't wait to hear what they're going to do next that's to me how it is versus me saying that album was the standard to judge them on i just like a little bit of progress in my opinion and some bands have done real well that way and some have just continue to disappoint i guess it depends on who it is you know there, but like there's some bands that's first album i think are amazing and the stuff they come out after that they've progressed to where they don't even sound like what mm -hmm. they did originally right mm -hmm. and i was like okay I, I, i'm just gonna go back and listen to your first album because you guys enjoy the new stuff you're doing but it, i i don't like it <laughs> not that right. they give two shits what i like but it's like but like you can see the progression from like being in a shitty studio to like later on when they start getting more money it's like oh i can hear you better now from whoever like yeah like <laughs> we're back to metallica like yeah mm. people dog on the whole black albums and i like it because i was young I knew. didn't they just it, have an album come out like a couple days ago i, I haven't heard any of it i just oh, neither have I. I haven't either yeah i haven't heard any of it and i don't want everybody's perception of it to to you know influence me i just rather hear it on my own but like back to them like you know they came out the black album and it still sounds good because of you know all the pretty bob rock you know oh, but yeah. th then like being the young kid and then load came out and it's like you know i hated it because i was a like the thrash and all that uh, but later on in life as an adult i listened to it and i'm like eh, this ain't bad it's just the songs are longer than they should be and it sounds to me like an open mic jam that somebody recorded. Yeah. That's what low. That's what load is. Aside from a little bit of the catchy things with his voice, it's like these songs could have been a little shorter instead of being jammy. But mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of get what they're doing now. They didn't care, and they kind of come. I haven't literally listened to any other albums after that. I mean, I mean, I'll give them a chance because I'm an adult now. I could be open minded, and not like. Saying oh, either sounded like shit. Does yeah, it sound I'll, like shit? I'll, I'll just say that. But I just remember like the Lark, one song. It's yeah. not like he's beating on fucking trash cans the whole lot. Now, 
Actually, believe it or not, I heard a story Bob Rock said about that. That's actually Lars's fault. He wanted it that way. And even though Bob Rock didn't want to argue with him, Lars wanted it to sound that way. He wanted it to sound like shit. Yes. Even <laughs> though Bob Bob Rock could have told him otherwise, but that was Lars's decision. So he's like, don't blame me for that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Bob Rock, I think the, the biggest Bob Rock surprise. He's Canadian, the, by the way. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. Uh, and you're also talking about bands that, you know, the old, I think the older we get, as you said, the more mature, um, quote unquote, our ears get, we're a little more open-minded. And I think one of the bands that Bob Rock really influenced was Aerosmith. And I was never a big Aerosmith fan. Hmm. Um, just for whatever reason, I, they're talented. They were popular. I get it, but I just wasn't my thing. And not that long ago, I was listening to a couple Aerosmith tunes and I thought, I wonder if I didn't give them enough of a chance when I was younger or if my tastes have changed, but I think Bob Rock really changed Aerosmith or am I totally out to left field on Bob Rock's influence there. I'm not really sure when Bob Rock entered. I just know like oh. apparently like that whole uh run DMC thing kind of like put them on the map again. Yeah. And didn't Steven Tyler's voice completely I feel like we've had this discussion. I'm having deja vu or something. But I feel like we've recently discussed Steven Tyler's voice not sounding the same after like the earlier stuff and then all of a sudden he has like this different sounding voice. Cut his balls off maybe. <laughs> I don't who the hell was I talking to about that but I was talking wasn't to someone me. wasn't me and yeah. they were saying something about how like early Aerosmith doesn't sound like newer Aerosmith like Steven Tyler doesn't sound like Steven Tyler maybe he's been replaced by a <laughs> a replicant replicant yeah. that can sing real high that's actually I was going to when you mentioned the Beatles earlier there is a major conspiracy theory oh, yeah. that Paul McCartney died back in 66 <laughs> and like, yeah I actually watched a documentary on it and like they were trying to prove everything, like showing all this stuff and trying to piece all these things together and how it was all hidden. And I was like, eh. like it's his brother, I guess. It's no, they did like a lookalike thing and they found someone oh, that looked just oh, like I heard him. It was and his brother. No, I heard like he died in a crash and like all their lyrics after that, like John's like hinting about how they had to fake it because the British government was worried about all the outrage that would happen if people found out that he died and <laughs> they were like so popular at the time they thought people would like kill themselves and other stuff. So they conspired to just pretend that he didn't really die. And they found this lookalike and he didn't even know how to play guitar. So they had to teach him. That's why John did a lot of the writing and Paul didn't do a whole lot for like a couple albums. And then they stopped doing a bunch of shows for a few years. Hmm. Uh, it was all in depth. It was like, yeah, okay. Maybe and there was did. a show on this. Yeah, there's a documentary about it. Really? It was on Netflix several years ago when I watched it. Hmm. I forget what it was called, but if you just type up Paul is dead, yeah. you'll see all sorts of stuff about it. <laughs> I don't think he is. I saw him a couple of years ago, pre-Beast in Vancouver. And it was a long show. He uh, He starts at the beginning and he goes and goes and goes and goes and He's got a pretty hot band with him, too. So how much was tickets for that? Like, now that we're getting back on, like, the expenses of 
I can't remember. Oh, yes, I can remember. Mm -hmm. So in US dollars, I paid 400 and some for two tickets. Holy shit. Where were you at? Like in the back? Uh, Well, it was terrible. I row four on the floor. So I thought, "Mm, well, that should be pretty good. But row four was so far over to the side and at an angle that I ended up basically watching Paul McCartney or his brother or whomever he is now (laughs) um, on the screen. So you you seats were horrible, but you wanted the cream of the crop seats and you thought you were getting them. So you didn't want I figured so like and I even I even zoomed in on the map thinking, well, this can't be that bad. And when I got there, I was like, oh, boy, it's just about right beside the speaker at the front. So mm. didn't work out that well, but he uh, played a fantastic concert. We, we have a well, recently it's a Dream Theater show being announced. Mm. Very OK. My friend was telling me, well, I guess it's not general admission, which pisses me off. I, I, I would think because I've seen a show at this casino that they would keep it general general uh-huh. audio ga whatever yeah but no it's like seating arrangement and like what the hell so like I, my friend he went to buy the tickets cost like 80 bucks a piece i'm like the fuck and it's, it, it, it's four killer bands but like that's kind of expensive am i being like am i being cheap about this because no it's no that's just how much they are now or is it just like plus fees so i can imagine i'm gonna pay a little more than 80 bucks for a dream theater show plus animals leader Devin Townsend and or is it three bands? I get just I those three. I feel like that's a lot for what it is. I don't know. I I've seen concerts for like under Where's thirty bucks. Uh, the Gary Hard Rock Casino in Gary, and it's eighty bucks. It's eighty bucks. You gotta make sure you, if you go up there to yeah. Where your bulletproof vest? Yeah, you're, no, you're, no. It's actually like geez. funny enough. You just take the toll road and make one right, and that's it. You literally don't have to go in the city. You just take you take one exit, and that's it. So it's and it's a brand. It's a newer venue. I'm not worried about getting robbed or nothing because you know there's like security up the ass there. But like, I don't know. Like that seems to be expensive. It's like I wonder if it's a Ticketmaster thing. I don't know. Like. Since you're from Canada, I don't know if you've heard the stories about Gary, Indiana. Are you familiar? Uh, no, I have not. Gary or... is notorious in our area and used to be the number one murder capital in the world, far as oh. or in, in the country, at least. I think that now belongs to Detroit. I think <laughs> you're probably right. Detroit or Chicago became, but Gary is not too far from Chicago. Okay. And it was a very, very high crime, high murder capital. So it's always when someone says something about Gary, you always got to make fun of. Like, well, make sure that you got your bulletproof vest on because of all the gang violence and stuff that goes oh, on yeah. up there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had to work Detroit. up there for a year and a half, and it doesn't bother me at this point. <laughs> I've just been up there so much; it's just kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. I suppose right. so. So is is the music scene in Gary pretty vibrant or is it a place where people drop in when they're touring? Well, not I mean 
I mean, to be honest, like the Jacksons are off from Gary. Yep. You know, you would yep. think it'd be pretty thriving there, but like, I don't, it's been a city that's pretty downtrodden, but recently again, I'm not from there. It's about, about an hour and a half drive from me. Okay. But like, but like the hard rock casino is like brand new. They just built it. It's like a brand new kind of venue. And it's cool because I hate driving to Chicago. I think it sucks and parking sucks and to do anything. And it costs more up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like Canadian dollars, but like still like, yeah. why does it cost so much? Because it's the city so dumb. So yeah. again, it's an hour and a half for me. And I've already been there. I watched Merciful Fate play there. Oh, jeez! It was so random. It was random. It was a random like show because like you know he he's got his props and his upside down cross and this is a casino so <laughs> so it, but like I wouldn't mind seeing a show there anyway but I wonder if like it has to do with it being a nice fancier venue or is it just I don't know I just some shows are a lot lately and I don't know why just to see certain ba- like I know Dream Theater's huge but like that's kind of expensive for what it is in my opinion I don't know. I would think it's like a $60 show. <laughs> uh, isn't the guitar player from Dream Theater also now in Arch Enemy? No. John Petrucci's God. You get it right. Well, I thought John Petrucci <laughs> also was playing in Arch Enemy. No, that's Jeff Loomis. He used to play in like... Yeah, Jeff Loomis used to be in like... Uh... Shit, I don't know what he was in prior... It's it's funny when you mentioned Merciful Fate and earlier when I was telling you about my friend who uh, ran the record store in Detroit, he lived um, <clears throat> just outside of Edmonton here when he was also in junior high and he made me uh, ah, the old good old cassette tape with some Merciful Fate on there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that they were still, so they're still doing their thing? He's still doing his thing and he still sounds good. Another guy, really? who, took, another guy who took care of his voice. Yeah, yeah, he's not that young, I don't imagine. Eh? He's not. He's he's an older he's an older fella, but like he's still up there doing the high high pitch, ah, whatever's you know. Yeah, and like just in, just moving around stage like a normal person. Wow. Yeah, uh, you were mentioning. Um, uh, we were talking about another singer there. It just slipped my mind. Merciful fate. Uh, well, Rob Halford. No, no, it, oh. it'll come to me. But I want to yeah. throw this one out there for the two of you. Um, what about Alice Cooper? What about him? Like, what yeah, what are your thoughts him? on Alice Cooper? I, I mean, like, him. he's still rocking. Like, we've, yep, my band is open for his guitar player, Nita Strauss, like twice. She's really, really? Nice. yeah, like, I mean, it's not, I would say it's hard to open up for. We just had to sell tickets for like, not pay to play, but like, they, we got the opportunity to open up for her like solo artist band, whatever. Okay. And it's totally different than Alice Cooper. Obviously it's like shred oh. based, shred okay. based, but I've never seen Alice Cooper like with her or any Alice Cooper show. I've seen videos of it and it looks pretty cool with all the props and yeah, like they, got, they obviously got their shit together. If they're still like, he's almost 80, I, isn't he? I don't oh, he's kind of, be- yeah, it's pretty close. He's played up here in South Bend, though, like at, on a Tuesday. I guess it was like sold out or something. I saw him in Toronto a couple years ago. He opened for Iron Maiden in a in a summer mm-hmm. <clears throat> outdoor venue, uh, which was the same place a few years earlier than that. Dream Theater. 
opened up for Iron Maiden there, and I saw them as well. Mm. Uh, I'll have to give Dream Theater some more attention because I think they're they're a little crazy, pretty groundbreaking. They're pretty crazy. Like the albums can be really boring. Well, depending on what album, it's really boring to listen to. But like to actually see them pull off that shit live without fucking up is like okay, you know. I respect. I mean, I respect them before, but now I'm like Jesus. But I'm still trying to answer Brandon's question as to who joined Arch Enemy. It wasn't John Petrucci. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know who he was. I, I, yeah. I knew it was somebody. I thought it was, for some reason, I was thinking John. But when you said Jeff Loomis, I was like, no, you're right. It was Jeff Loomis. Oh, yeah. He's a pretty handsome guy. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> about him. I just, I don't like Arch Enemy. That's another complete different topic that I won't get into on this podcast. But. <laughs> All right. <laughs> A, po- a podcast they're, on their their, sing- like. their current singer is from Canada. I'm gonna too. say their current singer. She's from Canada, but I heard she has. Uh... She's not so Canadian. Nice is what you're saying. No, she's very uh, otepish. I thought oh, yeah. we were all nice and polite. No, no. She actually, I have a personal story about her. Like <laughs> when she was in her band called Agnes, that are all based in Canada. They came through here, Mishawaka, to play, and my old band got to open up for them as well. <laughs> and like, there's no green room, mind you. And like, she was snubbing people. Like, oh, geez. Like, some people c- came to say hi to her. Yeah. She just like walked away. Yeah. Um, right. She that's got how real she bad. Supposedly is too. She she got a real bad attitude with the sound guy. Well, the sound guy wasn't doing that great. And she was nice after the show, but like, I just. I lost res- a lot of people lost respect for her in this area. Like, sorry, yeah. Like, so they claim she has a very big god complex now. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it's a lot worse. If 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 she wasn't even the current band then, I can't imagine what she's like now. So I'll just leave it at that. No, <laughs> and this isn't this doesn't affect all the Canadian people. Okay, this is I've not, never met her. It's so not represent. Yeah. It's all hearsay, but right. Have you have either one of you uh, listened to the band called Within Temptation? With uh, Within, I think they, I think I've watched them. Is it? Does she like wear white? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. she's got a great voice. They great. remind me a little bit of Dream Theater. They, uh, I've, I've seen them play. I don't remember what they sounded like, but uh, not bad. I saw yeah. them last fall, and they were yeah, they they impressed me. She mm. had some pipes. Mm. Yeah. there's a lot of like cool like th- that's a a big thing nowadays i have a buddy who's like completely into symphonic metal with like oh all yeah, the, yeah. All, fe- all female singing and it's great that like that's a big thing like all these yes. wonderful talented female front front women yeah, oh yeah that's oh that's, yeah and even- i mean not to say that they weren't allowed to do it but it's just that's right like it's cool like yeah more than ever yeah so Our- when you said, I was thinking of Nightwish, but oh they're, yeah, they're another they're, one that has a lady singer. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think they're on their like fifth singer, but yeah, I don't know who's in it now. <laughs> what happens to the other ones? They just mysteriously disappear. They replace them with another woman. Yeah, basically, and usually they're like talented too. So it's like you can't suck to be in this band. Ah, <laughs> so ah, right on. Yeah. Well. <laughs> If you've got anything else you'd like to talk about, we can discuss that. If not, we can start winding this one down. Since you don't have 
a current project. I'm assuming you don't have anything. We always play at the end of the episode, like current music from the, uh, the band, whoever. Was uh, I see. I see. If you don't have anything. No, I don't have anything for you. Sorry. No, that's I, completely uh, okay. I hope. Yeah. I hope the conversation, I hope you had some fun. I hope I didn't miss. Uh, it sounds like I kind of did miss the point of the podcast, but um, you can cut this piece off at the end, I guess. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, I really no. enjoyed the conversation. I no, really, I mean, you, you, you still had the, you still had the band, the band yeah. experience to share with okay. us and how that went off, you know, as long as you can use that, I think, yeah, it'd be everybody, great every, like I said, a lot of people can relate to that story. They just mm-hmm. rather just not worry about the whole band thing and just enjoy music for the beauty. Perfect. Music. Yeah. If people Perfect. listen to our podcast, they know that it's not a hundred percent focused on the dark stuff. Like we literally just most episodes go on for almost two hours of just chit chatting <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. So. Well, you both, both of you made me feel really comfortable. I really, you got a great thing going here and I hope I wish you, you the best. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you very much. Yeah. We're just trying awesome to get, stuff. we're just trying to get free penis pills out of this. Oh, <laughs> no, but we, uh, because I have a hosting service and everything, we get uh, random sponsorship opportunities. And <laughs> one of the ones we got offered to us recently was for yeah. uh, Little Blue Pills. And, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because in the previous episode, it was kind of joked about how we keep getting all these like random advertisements i keep seeing I was like almost because of my age or what but i keep getting these sponsored ads on facebook for like hymns right. and stuff like that roman and i was like the hell is all this stuff what are they trying to tell me i need boner pills so then we get so i was like so i actually pitched them i said hey we will 100 support this little blue pill if you want us to be a sponsor you want to sponsor our podcast we will 100 percent sponsor endorse your yeah. boner pill right ed wants to try them out i want to well i can't i can't be ever i can't be advertising this shit if i don't try it myself you have the perfect name for it too to combat ed in your ed so yeah i can't wait to make the commercial for this one my name is ed (laughs) and i suffer from ed yeah and now our guest dick yeah (laughs) oh dick double dick double dick Old Dick Dick. Yeah, Dick Dicks. <laughs> well, it's been a fun time talking with you. I definitely appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming out and talking with us. Anyone out there still listening? If you need a hookup on some little blue pills, you might be able to <laughs> one day you might be able to get your hookup from us. But uh if you want to be on a future episode, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com. But we're gonna close this one out. Thanks for listening. Good night, everyone.